Welcome to the Inspiring Leadership podcast series. This is aimed for you aspiring leaders, whatever level you're at, whether you're beginning out in your careers as managers and leaders, whether you're in middle ranking roles, or whether you're CEOs and chairman of boards, there's always something we can all learn. And it's particularly the skills, stories, tips and techniques that you can pass on to those you lead and your teams. Hi, this is Prasant Gami, founder and managing director of Xenabler, a tech innovation company. I'm a tech enthusiast and a geek. Welcome to Inspiring Leadership Series. I will now hand you over to Jonathan Bowman Parks, our uh, host. Thank you very much indeed, Prasant. It's lovely having you here, and you were recommended by two of our previous guests, Belinda Agnew and, and also Brian J. Esposito who I was talking to yesterday. I'm, uh, it's a joy to be Brian's coach. I'm sort of staying with him on the journey and uh, what an incredible man he is. Yes. So look, tell us a bit more about what you're doing right now, uh, what the, the company is, and also you've just started your own podcast. So tell us a bit more about both that. Yeah, sure, thanks. Uh, so Enabler, we are a tech uh, technology innovation company. So we partner with organizations and help them innovate their products using AI, machine learning, uh, geofencing, sensors, integration, uh, smart devices, and so on. Uh, so it's basically to keep your company ahead of the curve all the time and continuous innovation as a as a culture in the company. That's the uh, that's the end goal. Uh, and with the podcast, we are we are taking the same journey. So what I'm starting is uh, enabling the tech conversations uh, with Prasant Gami. Uh, the idea is that we talk to the leaders who have already gone through journey, scaled up their company to the successful uh, unicorn or successful large companies uh, to find out what they did to get the technology right. Because uh, people think that people get technology right the very first time, which is normally not the case. So how many rewrites they had to do, what they stuffed up, what worked, what didn't work, and the life lessons through that. That sounds, that sounds really good. I, I'm looking forward to, to that. And uh, you and I talked about me sharing some of the wisdom and experience of the founders and the entrepreneurs that I've coached. And a couple of them have become unicorns and yes. done very well, one on the NASDAQ. Yeah. Um, so to... To become the leader you are today with the business that you're running and the image behind is going to be your new office home, uh, which I'm really <laughs> yes. excited about. It's a it's a it's a graphic <laughs> display of that. Those on YouTube can see that. Um, tell me about the your, your, your growing up, uh, who influenced you and, and moments that sort of shaped you as the entrepreneur and leader you are today. Yeah, so uh, I, I grew up in a teacher's house. That's that's probably the uh, very accurate statement. My mom was a maths teacher and uh, we were always, uh, when we grew up, me and my brother, who is even smarter than me because he's a doctor and uh, he's very successful there. Uh, but the main thing that we thrived in the life is how can we always better ourselves? So uh, not in a negative way or pressured way, but when we had 90, we were always looking at 10 that we lost and how can we achieve the next five uh, kind of thing. And uh, that was very interesting because that positive attitude uh, took us very far in the life. And even today, uh, when things don't work, uh, rather than focusing that oh, uh, and looking at the failure, we say, all right, what did we miss and how can we go better next time? And that continuous 
improvement and positive attitude uh, is probably the best lesson that has come through the childhood. Mm. So, yeah, I grew up in India as um, like, you know, typical immigrant. I came uh, as my further studies. I studied here in University of Technology, Sydney, did my two masters there uh, and then found myself a job here and then grew up from there. Yeah. And, and so uh, we were talking about Sydney, which I love. It's one of my favorite cities after London. Um, and it's lovely that you're living and working in Sydney. And uh, when the weather's nicer, we're hoping for a, a good snapshot <laughs> yes. of you in front of the Sydney Opera House. Um, and, and as you were growing up, you know, an immigrant coming from India um, with, with father and mother and this, this background of you can, you can achieve and, and in a positive attitude, and, and if you got 90%, okay, what, what would the 10% be? Not in a bad way, like, where's the 10%? You didn't, you know, you only got 90. Like, okay, and, and what could you do next time? Yeah. That would be, I think it's a lovely, a lovely positive attitude. What's that expression that fail is a mnemonic for F-A-I-L, first attempt in learning. And exactly. you're, still, you're still learning. And it's actually, we all learn the most from our failures. So mother was very influential on you, the, the maths teacher, father mm -hmm. too. And, yes. and as you were growing up, uh, what, what kind of events really shaped you and, and had a, a positive or a negative impact on you? So, uh, again, uh, life is a roller coaster and you don't always go up, you go down as well. Uh, and one of the incident in my HSC when um, I didn't have a very good marks in maths compared to what I should have. Uh, and uh, I know that my mom partially blamed herself for that, that she didn't pay attention and it wasn't her fault, obviously. Uh, and that that was the moment I realized that what I don't pay attention, it, it does not only affect me, it affects the loved ones around me as well. And that, that took me to a journey when I came here. And uh, as you can imagine, uh, from my family, there's no one around. So I had to build my network, uh, friends, family, everything to get uh, from scratch, uh, rewrite my life, literally. And uh, that has been a big lesson in the life that how you can re, uh, redefine yourself, uh, find yourself again. Uh, and, and sometimes it feels like that Cars movie where the uh, where the uh, you know it, it ends up in a deserted town and has to redefine like life and find their, uh, yourself again. Yeah, no, I think that's a good way of describing it. And you describe yourself as a geek, uh, and, yes. and a tech geek, and, and proud of it. Uh, <laughs> yes. What what shaped you becoming a a geek? I guess uh, that when I, I was actually asked, like, why did you become an engineer? And I was like, I was born it, uh, born that way. <laughs> because like, even as a, as a kid, I was like, you know, pulling apart things and putting them together, finding out how they work and so on. And then uh, when I um, completed my HSC, computer became the mean of like where I did my engineering. And from that as well, uh, throughout my class, I was more in labs and like doing uh, stuff off the book than on the book. Uh, I wasn't very academic in terms of like the uh, theoretical guy. I like practical stuff. I like dealing with machine and all that. And um, throughout my career as well, I, I kept learning new technology, new platform. When mobile apps came, I jumped on mobile apps. When uh, now the blockchain is coming and I jumped on blockchain and so on. So I, I really enjoy like how new technologies are coming and solving the old problem in a completely new way. And that's, that's just the joy that I, that I feel. So it keeps me constantly learning. 
Yeah, and blockchain is very interesting. And, and also, of course, the big thing that was getting excited about at the moment is cryptocurrency, which uses such a huge amount of energy to produce each of these coins. But, yes. um, you know, some people have made a lot of money. Some people have lost a lot of money. Uh, but but it's, it's quite hard for, for people to, to actually sense it, know it, because it's crypto. It's not even yes. physically there. And, True. of course, some of the governments, like the UK government, are thinking of having their own currency that they can control because, of course... The dark side of this is it can be used by gangsters and drug dealers and um, all the, the the unpleasant elements of society. Um, what's your view about cryptocurrency and its its credibility and its future potential? I think it like I got to know because one friend introduced me to like Bitcoin when it came out as a as a research paper in 2013 uh, before it actually became the currency and the mainstream in 2015 uh, and uh, then I started reading and it was very exciting piece of technology what it can do uh, now the the currency part of it as you as you correctly mentioned heavy computing needed to mint those coin or uh, produce that coin is obviously the drawback uh, of that. Uh, and currently, because it is decentralized, it's very hard to control the pricing of it and which coin will go is purely a lobbying thing and where they are used. Uh, so I believe that the, it will get mainstream. Uh, I mean, it, it is already mainstream. There's no way one can ignore it and it will grow over the time, uh, definitely to become like, you know, at least part of the economy to be that. Uh, how that goes across like, you know, countries having their own cryptocurrency or validating a cryptocurrency is a, is a completely political and economical issue. My interest more is about the technology behind it and, and it's growing from not just the cryptocurrency, but NFTs and smart contracts and uh, validated identity and mainly like wherever the uh, brokerage systems are required or uh, the uh, distribution is required where it is impacting the most. And I think I'm more excited about that part uh, mm. than the cryptocurrency, to be honest. You're right, Prashant. And one of the uh, CEOs that I coach, he and his team, is in Digital Identity Net and DIN, yes. Digital Identity Net, are, are trying to produce this digital identity. So the two parts, so you know who it is you're dealing with exactly. and they can't be a troll or they can't send stuff to you without you actually, uh, they have to identify who they are. And I think that's going to be really important to have a digital identity that, that everybody out there on the net, you know who's sending you the money and you know who they are. And so you can track yes. down the root of that mm -hmm. money and where it's come from. So you don't have so much on the, on the black market. Fascinating. Okay. Now in your journey that you've had thus far, we talked about highs and lows, failures and successes. Your, your podcast is going to be finding out because nobody just sort of arrives the fully, <laughs> the fully uh, produced product yeah. um, all exactly. per perfect leader, great tech guy with all the, the technology. It, there's lots of failures. But if you look at your life, what, what's a proudest moment in your business life and what's uh, a darkest moment? And what did you learn from those two imposters? I would actually put like the there was a time in my life where I lost my visa because of like, you know, uh, that my results were delayed and uh, I like, you know, I couldn't get my permanent residency processed in time. And I was put on a what? What they call a bridging visa, which is basically uh, you are you have put the file, but the outcome is not there. And because of that, I lost 
my job, uh, obviously all the money that I saved so far, and I had to start again. And that was probably the darkest period in my life where I had to, like what I established in few years after coming here, I had to go and do it again, all over again. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I was actually uh, like, you know, listening to uh, one of the Dr. Peter in another, uh, another uh, show last week. And he mentioned that during the dark period, people take two, uh, two directions. They either go in a depression or they become creative and find a way. And luckily for me, uh, I had a wife uh, who is very supportive uh, now and uh, then. And what we did is me and one of my business partner, we went around and found this uh, like loss making business uh, because nobody would lend us money on a temporary visa. So we, we put all the savings that we had, we found that business and then we turned it around in a profitable business, sold it. And then we started growing one after other businesses after that to what I'm today. So I, we did like around five businesses through one after the other. And then uh, along the side, while I was working as a technology consultant, I started growing my own business and consultancy, which became Xenabler what it is today. Uh, and, and that's probably the proudest and uh, like, you know, the darkest moment in the same year. Yeah, uh, that's a hell of a story. And and I'm reminded of the hero's journey. Um, I've forgotten the name of the author, it'll come to me in a minute, but I think he wrote the book, The Hero with a Thousand of a Thousand Faces. And, and he talks about this journey that you go through. You, it, it's, I'm looking at on my wall here, it's from the ordinary world into the special world. You, you begin with an ordinary world, you get the call to adventure, you refuse the call, you then meet your mentor and you cross the threshold, you take the, the, the call, you have tests, you have allies, you have enemies, you have an approach, you have the ordeal, the death and the rebirth, the reward, seizing the sword, the road back, the resurrection, and you return with the elixir. But the point is that in many heroes, as, as Joseph Campbell, is that's the man's name, uh, Joseph Campbell talks about, they're not great people necessarily, they're sometimes pretty unpleasant people and they, they're not perfect in any sense, but they've been on this journey and they they learn from their mistakes and the, the difficulties, that, that moment of ordeal, death and resurrection, something that they can teach others and it shapes True. them. And it sounds like you had a hell of a hero's journey um, and, and you had you. to start all over again. And, and I think I, I've learned now, I'm a great believer in Stoic philosophy, Marcus Aurelius, Epictetus and Seneca. And, uh, you know, 2000 years ago, the wisdom still good for today that, you know, control, control the controllables and, and you're given obstacles to learn from them, that they're to teach you a way. I don't know what you think, Prashant. And, and that's absolutely right. Like I had to, I, I had so many uh, off days and uh, my recipe, my, my dad used to always tell me because whenever I had a bad result or I failed an interview, he would know that the first thing I will do is call home and say, look, this, this happened. And my dad knows that, okay, rest of the day, I wouldn't call because I'll have the best meal I could find around. I'll have a good sleep. And then next day I'll take on and uh, move ahead. And, and that was my remedy. <laughs> That's a like, really you know, good one. So, so when it yeah. goes wrong, call home, <laughs> then have a nice meal, get a good sleep. There's nothing better <laughs> than 
um, eating healthy food. You call it a day and having, start having again. A sleep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. but but sleep is is so important. There's um, a, a book yes. called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And uh, I know, for example, last night I, I record my sleep every mm-hmm. night. You know, I, I love it when I get 100% quality sleep. But last night, for some mm-hmm. reason, we're 60%. We have our granddaughter staying here. And she kicked off about half yes. past five in the room above us. And um, I'm an older man now and the occasional visits to the loo and those mm. kind of stuff in the middle of the night. But somehow the quality of sleep wasn't so good. So I know my performance is about 30% lower than it normally would be throughout today. So I'll have to aim off for that. And yes. also what I do is I have a sleep around about midday of about 25 minutes, no more. And that gives me a surge for the rest of the day. So yeah, look after yourself. Mm-hmm. If things don't go well, have a good sleep on it and uh, and, and eat well. And next day is a, yeah. is a new start. Yeah, because yeah. it gives you a fresh, uh, fresh perspective. As they, as they say, right? Even uh, making the biggest decision of your life, just they say, oh, sleep over it. Because once you go through your sleep, your mind then has different point of views than the day that you are stuck in because you are you are stuck in this spiral and you can't get out and sleep is probably the best way to do it so yeah it was, well, you you being a tech geek you know that it defrags the computer so it sorts out all the bits <laughs> and, and exactly and that, but, but it is interesting that yeah. the, the cerebral fluid flushes out the toxins thing called beta amyloid which is like dental plaque and if you leave it on the brain that is what in later life it can contribute. It's in Alzheimer's patients, you see it there. So it will actually de- deplete your brain's function. Hmm. So you need the fluid to flush it through like a car wash. And if you only have five or six hours, it hasn't finished its cycle. So there's still exactly. all that crap in there. So get the full cycle, get the seven and a half hours to eight yes. hours sleep and you'll be all right. Hey, that's great. Um, now, uh, how old are you now, Prashant? Let me ask you. I'm I'm uh, turning 39 in March, so 38 turning, years. 38, turning 39 in March. Well, congratulations. And if we, if we took you back, the reason I asked this, to when you were, say, 16. Yes. What bit of advice would you give to the young Prashant about this matters? Don't worry about that. What, what advice would you give to the young you? I would say that you will have success, but the path that you will take to the success will not be the one you think. It will never be. So uh, I, I never thought I would come to Australia. I would never thought I would find a company like I did. Uh, I never thought that I would be uh, like, you know, founding other businesses than technology uh, along the way uh, and making so many friends and finding so many partnerships along the way. So uh, the paths were are very different. If I look at the course and what I thought at 16 would be the course, probably it's it's completely different to what I thought. And, and I guess believe in the path, just stick to your goal. Uh, you will get there. Uh, doesn't matter through different path. I, and I love that. I, I love that. I think that's a really good attitude. Uh, and I look back on my 60 years of my life. Think, you know, 20 years as an army officer, 22 years now in business. Uh, things never kind of worked out like I imagined. No. And... Um, yeah, and and but you get to there. So well, I think it was Oscar Wilde who says things will work out in the end, and yes. if they haven't worked out yet, it's not the end. It's not the end. <laughs> True. <laughs> the the one I like, the one I like about Oscar Wilde is that all of us are standing in a gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars, 
and and that's my philosophy through life that uh yes you might be in a deep state just keep going uh you will find your way out of there i'm writing that down because all of us are standing in the gutter but some are looking at the stars yeah yes yes wow i, I love that one um he's he's it's oscar wilde as well yeah uh, he, he's a great one um yeah. what is it um be yourself everyone else is taken um yes. <laughs> I, I think is another one of his um i do i do love this let's you've um been successful you continue to try and grow and uh, be more successful whatever success is because mm -hmm. there's a happiness versus success happiness is True. wanting what you already yes. have success is getting what you want but i know lots of people who look on the outside successful and by mm -hmm. society's norms but are True. deeply unhappy in very uh, broken relationships and never contented with their lot. But let's just say, if we look at successful leaders in business, this is the research that my wife Lee and I did around mm -hmm. what makes inspiring leaders and successful ones. We've got eight components that we found in the research that we did contribute seriously to this. We're gonna just talk through them. MQ sure. is the first one, your moral quotient, your principles, the values you live by, your integrity, what, what, um, what, what is your true north? So, what would be your top three values that have stood you in good stead throughout your life so far? So uh, first and foremost is uh, try your best, like never give up um, and, and be honest with yourself. Like you, you might have good side, bad sides, um, positives, negatives in your uh, in yourself. Uh, just be honest, like don't don't lie to your own self. Uh, that's that's the moral compass everyone should have. Uh, and, and because through the transactions and, and being a Hindu, I believe in karma, that karma is not really like what you get, you get what you give, but it's more about the transactional world, right? That what you, what you do has a consequential effect in nature because that's a transaction. Uh, there's always something going on. Uh, so uh, you, you are bound to have some regrets through the life. There's no one goes through life without regrets, uh, but, at least be conscious and honest about that to yourself, that what happened, what you did, and um, be ready for like, you know, uh, doing uh, better next time. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I'm just, and then um, the next thing I want to ask you about is mm -hmm. what we call PQ, which is purpose quotient. What, what gives yes. your life meaning and purpose? And I will use, I think it's a Hindu word, Dharma. What's your, what's, your, yes. what's your dharma? What's your calling? What's your vocation? Yep. Why yes. do you do what you do? So, uh, like I said, in childhood, we were taught to, like, you know, do better than what we are doing. And what I learned is that if you have, if you have capacity to do better than what you are doing, then for me, it's about it's not about like, you know, making more money or doing so many business or anything. It's about solving a bigger problem. So whatever problem I can solve right now, I want to target a bigger problem and solve that because until I find out that, okay, uh, it's, it's not, it's too big for me, but keep trying. So it's always the journey from smaller problem to bigger problem because it takes same, same amount of time, just bigger team, more people and more organization and discipline. Uh, but that's the whole purpose that I want to keep solving bigger and bigger problem through the life. Well, there's a lot of big problems out there for you to solve. So you're never going to be bored. That's of for course. sure. 
Now, um, talk about problems. One of the problems can be for some people, mm -hmm. their health, their mental and their physical health. Mm -hmm. And certainly as a CEO and founder and entrepreneur, I know because I'm an entrepreneur myself, <laughs> um, the danger is that we work crazy hours. It's a boundaryless life. It's our yes. business. And if it's going to be, it's up to me. And so the danger is, and my wife also has her own business. She's mm -hmm. an entrepreneur and she's a CEO of a charity for vulnerable women and girls uh, yes. in Africa and, and in the UK. So um, there is a danger that we can both work way too long. So mm -hmm. what do you do to look after your mental health and your physical health? What, what are your top tips you'd share? So I'll, I want to share two experiences that I went through life. So in 2009, I burnt out literally, like I was overworking. I was never sleeping hard enough. I was taking calls in the middle of night, answering them uh, as if I'm awake and so on. Uh, and I said, this is enough. I can't keep going like that. So I turned my phone on silent permanently. So I answered the phone if I'm there, otherwise I'll get back to them. And, and that helped me a lot to switch the context. Uh, and in 2008, I was working on my first job in Australia in a technical job. And uh, my uh, back then, my boss, uh, we used to go on lunch break uh, together every day. And he said, uh, we won't talk about work here. We need to switch off that context. And that stick with me that... Yes, I can work, I can do whatever I need to and everything, but as soon as I'm away from my desk or out of my room, I need to switch off that context and be 100% with the family. I That's can't good. be always on, uh, until, and, and you delegate. It's good, and, and just like, talk about family. Um, I think I heard you have a wife. Do you have any children or tell us? Yes, about two daughters actually, nine-year-old oh. and a six-year-old. So yeah, very proud father. I think you should be. I've got two daughters as well, and I've got a stepdaughter and a stepson, and they're all in the age 26 to 29, and uh, it's it's a very special time. I've also got a grand uh, daughter who's here with us, so if you hear any screaming in the background, so I apologise now. Um, no, definitely don't apologise. That's, uh, that's the parks in life. <laughs> yeah, it, it is, and it's, it's very important. Okay, so, so you had that 2009 burnout um, moment, and gosh, I've coached and helped a number of people who've been burnt out particularly because they don't realize how they're slipping into it it's almost like the alcoholics yes. uh alcoholics anonymous True. one of one of my um distant um relations by marriage in my my first marriage mm -hmm. um was an alcoholic and we all went to al-anon to learn about how to help and of course you can't they've got to help themselves um, but also they have a saying that if you're going to slip up, don't go somewhere slippery. And yes. the problem with entrepreneurs and self-employed business leaders is they just work and work and work and they think they've got to keep going. You did that and you blew up. Um, how did it affect you? What did you physically and mentally feel? So like, I, first and foremost, I wasn't getting any deep sleep. Like I was always on my mind, never slept. Like I would pick up phone in the middle of night in my sleep. I will answer it as if I'm awake. I was sleep talking uh, and, and it was just like never rested, fully rested. And uh, that, that caused like, you know, a lot of like, uh, obviously fatigue, uh, not to mention to start with, uh, but also 
not able to concentrate on any task and everything. So for me, it was like, okay, I need to really nail this down. I can't keep going like that. And that is the moment I was like, okay, let me just turn off my phone and see what happens. So I yeah. started with night. I started with night, like uh, just turn off the phone at night and wake up in the morning. And then I liked it. So I just did it during the day that, that keep it in silent all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very good. And I, I think I, I'm looking down at my phone, which is nearby. That's on <laughs> silent. I think it's on silent throughout the day. And and it needs to be really boundaries and that you decide when you're going to work yes. and that you're not a victim to everybody else's demands because it'll always be there. And on on your deathbed <laughs> or your death pyre, if, you're, if you've built up your, your pile of wood and we're laying you on the top to burn your body, you've probably still got a, an email inbox which says you have mail uh, it's, it's always <laughs> going to still be there but no one it's not going to be your problem anymore um sure. that's good uh, okay and what would you do physically what do you do physically uh physically like i have morning routine where i do half an hour of exercise uh and my my main meditation is walk like i feel really good when i'm walking so I, at least uh, like you know once in a day I want to go out on a walk. So I take complete break. I just go out on a walk and that's my meditation. Like yeah. I just spend like half an hour, one hour, just walking around the area, not thinking about anything. And that's, that's, that clears my mind and just like, you know, goes to zero, like yeah. zero mental activity. Good, good. Well, um, one of the things I do with my CEO clients is we have walking meetings. So they call me. And, and I'm yes. out with, with my dog, Archie, who's um, not in the room at the moment, but normally sleeps on the sofa at the back there. Um, and they have the first 30 minutes where they do their thinking out loud. And then we have some dialogue about it and some, um, some challenges and some thoughts. And, and they find it incredibly useful. Walking meetings are the best thing ever. So I'd encourage you to get out with colleagues if you can. If you social distance yes. with Om, Om yeah, with, Krom, uh, just with just this online walk. business, it's it's getting hard. But that's what I used to have. Like I had a standing desk, um, and I still do, uh, where I just stand most of the day, or like you know walk around and things like that. Uh, that helped a lot as well. Well, this is yeah. this is good advice. I mean, I've made this my you know people's health and well being, <laughs> the, the CEOs that I coach and their teams part of my life calling and so I go there first if I think it's good for others I've got to practice so I am here at my standing desk like uh, you are and and this morning's routine I I uh, love Atomic Habits a book by James Clear yes and, I and, just finished it two months ago <laughs> well there you are and the habit stacking so my habit stacking is I uh, wake up with the the sleep alarm which decides in the half hour period when I'm at my lightest period of sleep and it wakes me then I then uh, I do my mindfulness. I do the morning you know, brushing teeth and that kind of stuff. But then I have some supplements and some re recharge energy. So certain minerals and vitamins that I take. Then this morning I did my 40 minutes hit uh, uh, training with also I've got cross trainer in the, in the garage. So I've turned the garage into a gym, which my wife and I use. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when I showered and changed, I took the dog out for a, a 40 minute walk. Uh, again, nothing in my ears at this time. Sometimes I listen to audiobooks. That's yes. my, my way of learning. Uh, and then I'm back ready for our podcast. But I've already packed in a huge amount of, I don't know, it's like it's like topping up this, this glass. I've already <laughs> begun to top up my mental and physical bank account mm. 
ready to yes. draw down on it throughout the rest of the day until sometimes if I'm dealing with people in Seattle or other countries, I might be working late into the evening. Um, but I've, I've had totally. my sleep midday. So I think, yes. I think a routine is really important. So well done on that. Definitely. I'm delighted. Taking from health quotient, HQ, to EQ, um, you talked about having to build friendships and networks, uh, moving from India to Australia, mm -hmm. having to start all over again, and then also losing your business and you and your friend <laughs> having to start over again with a broken uh, loss-making business that you turned around. What's a top tip that you've uh, found works for you that you'd recommend to others about building networks and trust with other people? I think uh, my, and someone just asked me last week when I was in an event that, okay, uh, oh, uh, he was like, oh, you, you invest in so many things, so many businesses, and you say that you are not a risk taker. How does that make sense? And I'm like, look, I invest in people rather than products and uh, like, you know, uh, systems, because I think at the end of the day, it's the people who make or break the business. So if you can uh, believe in the person, believe in their values, that's that's going to take you a long way. Uh, and all, all the businesses that I have, if I can't delegate, I don't think I can run a single business. So you need to have uh, that trust in the people. And a lot of people uh, that I dealt with in the past have very, very big trust issues. Like they don't trust their employees, they don't trust people they work with, and that just makes so stressful. So uh, emotionally, my advice is trust in the people, uh, believe that they, they are doing their best. Uh, and then you will find that, okay, if they are not performing, most likely they have a problem they need help with. And, and that gives you an opportunity to have a conversation, help them out, and you will see wonders happening. Yeah, very good. I, I do love that. And it's clear to me that you're someone who is constantly learning and growing. Do you have your own coach, Prashant? I like I have a number of coaches, I would say, not mm -hmm. one coach, not a dedicated coach, because through life, like, you know, I always say you, you're not going to live long enough to make your own mistakes. So learn from others' mistakes. That and is coaches a... and coaches are the best way to do it. They have gone through life, learning their lessons, just trusting them. So I have uh, friends and uh, seniors who I turn to when I'm, I'm in, uh, like, what do you say, emotional uh, distress. And there, uh, then there are people who have gone through business journey and uh, they are ahead of me uh, and go for business advice, life yeah. advice uh, system. And uh, I, I'm known actually as a networks person. People talk to me, they're like, do you know someone who in this one? And fair chances, I do know someone in that. Uh, and, and that's the whole, in fact, all my business partners are actually older than me, which is surprising because I think so well with the people learning from the people that I, I blend well with them. <laughs> I, I, I can see that you are. And this is why Brian connected with you and you connected with me. I also like you love networking and helping connect people together. I'm so often putting two people together. Um, it's clearly something that you have a real skill in and, and it's lovely hearing your sense of growth and development. And so we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that uh, offline, but that's that's really interesting. The next one after EQ is something that's quite mm -hmm. linked to it, but it's CQ, it's cultural intelligence quotient. Yes. And uh, this is a more of a, a more modern trend, <coughs> but it's so crucial, diversity, equality, inclusion. Mm -hmm. You personally have had to cope with different, so many different cultures. And, and you've experienced the dark side of people discriminating against you, mm -hmm. uh, as well as people who've welcomed you. 
Um, tell us a bit about what you've experienced by way of discrimination and what you've experienced by people who really are truly uh, inclusive and, and make you feel welcome. Um, I guess you, you, you are so right. Like I have, I have faced uh, all the dramas that you can face <laughs> in a typical world, right? Uh, that people who are like, uh, like how do you say, prejudiced uh, against that, okay, no, because you are so-and-so, you can't do so-and-so. And, and not just in terms of like, you know, uh, cultural diversities, but also when I was a developer and I had a very strong business mind, but when I started talking business at my technical role, they were like, no, 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 you are, you are a technology guy. You don't know anything about business. And I'm like, I run five businesses on a side. So trust me, I know about business. And that, that is basically, but what happens is that throughout this, uh, judge a man by his question rather than his answer. So if they question you by prejudice or by the belief that is, uh, based on like pre presumptions and not actual facts, then you know that okay, they have a they have a learning path that they haven't taken yet in life. Uh, and you will meet so many people who are uh, maybe older than you in uh, age, but they haven't gone through that learning path in their life. So and and that will also give you idea who do you want to work with because you want to work with people who doesn't matter what age they are, but have gone through that learning path in, your, in their life, who is either uh, equal or older than you in that learning journey. Uh, and, and that's the joy where you will grow yourself and you will find yourself in, a, in, a, in an environment where you are valued and you are, you are progress in a group. So if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go in a group. I'm so thrilled talking to you, Prashant, because you clearly soak up and learn a lot of quotes, uh, a lot of advice. I don't want people just to be a parrot of it, but you know, how can they apply that? So I mean, I, I love that one, judge a person by their questions, not by their answers. I think that's very good. And when you said to me, you haven't got time to make all the mistakes I've made, that reminded me of a US general uh, who, when I was in the British army and I took, uh, I was in charge of a group of very talented officers I was given the appointment of the chief of staff of a headquarters and we went to Fort Leavenworth in America. But actually, I was leading a group of people who were way more talented than me. They've all become generals themselves. I never did. I, I left the army early on in my career as a major um, because it was quite clear to me that I wasn't going to go all the way. It wasn't quite my career. I enjoyed it. 20 years yeah. but but they've all gone on done well and they've become like people like the colonel tim collins they were sort of media stars in the gulf war and things like that and i was trying to lead them and it was really really hard and and i didn't have enough experience yes. and i struggled i really struggled and and i remember they gave me a mentor who was this old american general he was 75 and he said to me in a real slow southern drawl he said <laughs> you haven't got enough time to make all the mistakes i've made he said you know <laughs> I'll tell you where the mines are buried. The anti-personal mines, you don't need to step on those. He said, but the little bastards have been out overnight and they put more mines out there. I don't know about <laughs> those ones, but yes. I can tell you what not to stand on. And, and, and that wisdom and experience is invaluable. And as you talk and do your own podcasts uh, with these leaders, they do need to find mentors and coaches. And sometimes, I mean, I do the, the job of a mm -hmm. trusted advisor to CEOs and yes. founders which is like that combination of mentor coach. True. At times I'm asking questions which they have mm -hmm. answers for. At other times I'm sharing the wisdom of other founders and leaders who've made mistakes 
or who've had successes so they can pull the bones out of it but they still own the accountability but having yes. someone who can um not short circuit but share practical tips and advice yes. so you don't have to make the same mistakes is invaluable um i, I, I so love what you're sharing okay rq is next resilience question Prashant. so you've had some highs and lows and crikey you talked about the stuff when you were you know you, you you lost your visa and couldn't get that permanent residence that must have been a tough time but what what's your lesson about bouncing back from adversity um because it's clearly part of that, that resilience is part if of you, are, you if you are going through hell keep going uh, <laughs> you, you just gotta keep going like uh i I used to work uh, like during that period where I lost my job and visa and money, I used to work in Target and unloading trucks and basically doing the dock work. Uh, and it was like basically, you know, day in, day out, I will go, I'll unload the trucks with the boxes, put it on the cages and so on, right? And it was the time where I said, all right, while I need to do this, I'm going to make best of it. So one box at a time, you put it in and you are you're basically in your mental picture you are like okay i got to do this until i can do what i want and and that took good almost like a year or something of that unloading every single day from the truck and everything and i i uh, i got like number of thank you notes because i did that really well some days i unloaded like 50 60 pellets in a day oh. <laughs> and the idea was that you got to keep going. There's, there's no other way. If you are in hell, if you are uh, in a place where you can't help anything, just keep going. Trust yourself, do your best, and you're still going to find obstacle. It's going to take hell long than what you intended to, uh, like, you know, get things done. It's a long journey. It's not an overnight success, but just keep going. Yeah. Don't uh, stop. Just keep going. It's so interesting you talk about unloading the boxes and doing one box at a time. It's almost, I'm hearing, perhaps maybe it's your Hindu background, mm -hmm. but it's almost like mindful work where you're going, if you're washing the dishes, do the dishes. Don't be somewhere <laughs> yes. else. Be washing the dishes. Wash <laughs> the plate. Exactly. And, and, and if you're on a walk with a dog, enjoy being outdoors. Um, and I think there is a great danger for all of us in this always on yes. digital world that we're never present with ourselves, let alone with our loved ones. And we're always somewhere else, multitasking, doing a, a thousand True. one things. So you raise a good, a really good point. Brand quotient, BQ is the next one. Um, have you had from any of these uh, coaches and mentors that advise you, have you ever done a 360 where all the people that you're networked with and you work with give you feedback that they accumulate for you in a report back to you? So I, I haven't formally done that, to be honest, uh, but I have, like I have heard, so what happens is when people talk to other people, they recommend or like they talk about you, they tell you like what they heard. And, and what I have heard around me is that two things. One is obviously the hardworking, that this guy is hardworking, but the other one is a dreamer. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm counted as a dreamer that <laughs> I have a big dream and I keep chasing them. And I think that that's the way I want to go through life. Like keep chasing another dream, not for the sake of making money or like, you know, going big business or so on, but for the joy of it, the journey itself is so exciting that I never want it to end. 
and and if it if it ends, it ends on a note that okay, he keep he kept trying till the end. So oh, that's that's, the, that's that's the brand I guess uh, yeah. that people know me with, and I, I love to be that person that keeps trying all the time. Yeah, well, that leads us on nicely to the last of the eight components before mm -hmm. we we talk about uh, teams and your favorite book and then your top tip. Um, legacy question, LQ. Um, <clears throat> big dreams. Um, what is the legacy you're going to leave in, in your personal life? And what is the legacy you'd like to leave in, in your work? Because uh, as I found when my father was killed at 33, my uncle was killed at 29, people, uh, and my, my brother just died a few months ago at the age of 63 of cancer. And you didn't see this coming. He wasn't planning to die that day. He, he still had great plans of the things he was going to do. But it may come at any stage. So True. when you do die, what would you like your legacy to be? Um, I mean, for for something that I've been trying throughout my life is to leave something bigger than myself behind, be it a business, be it a system, be it a friends and family and a network or something, but basically have something created that is bigger than my life. That's that's the inspiration and the goal that I have in life that I, if, if I can't create something, I want to go away trying to do that uh, and that's the whole that's a whole uh, journey or a legacy you can say and on a personal side like uh, I'm a it, it's kind of contradicts but I'm a very emotional person I'm, I'm a very sensitive person and uh, part of that is obviously I, I write poems as well uh, since since my teenage uh, the number of uh, them that I have written so I'm, I'm wow. pretty sure I'm impressed yeah. with that I, 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 I occasionally write poetry but just very personal for my wife or yes some of that but exactly I, I, i'm it's so the same. impressed I'm, I'm, i really like that that's great <laughs> yeah so um if i ever go away any moment I, I would love to be like you know known for the person who cared yeah not just for not just for uh like success or journeys or anything but for people yeah i, I think that's a love the person who cared i'm writing it down i think that's a that's a lovely one okay so caring, um, we have to care about our teams as well. Let's talk about executive teams, um, whether it be working on the trucks at Target uh, mm -hmm. or doing dishes or whatever it might be, um, you're in teams and in groups and you're trying True. to cr create teams and you're trying to work with other teams mm -hmm. and you're networking around the world with different people. You will have come across, I am certain, toxicity people who are unpleasant um yes. they they um <laughs> do things Truth. that are bad whether mm -hmm. they intend to or not i'm not sure perhaps you, you'd think the best that maybe they didn't intend to but i have met too many psychopaths uh <laughs> white collar psychopaths to believe that some of these people haven't done it intentionally i know they've done it intentionally and they yes. love seeing people's <laughs> lives messed up and, and confused and not understanding what they can do because it's not logical mm -hmm. um what have you done to turn around toxic situations and produce high-performing teams? With that, my I have two um, two philosophies that I follow. One is not my circus, not my monkeys. Basically, if it if it doesn't fall in my boundary, it is something I cannot control. I will just find my way around it. I would not try to like solve everyone's problem. Uh, it's impossible. And you know, um, probably way more than I do that you can't change people if they want to just be toxic, you can't really uh, change uh, them at the core. So just find your way around it. 
if it is not your circus, not your monkeys, uh, don't don't go and uh, be in someone else's business. The I, other I one say, is... Stay with that one. Stay with that one for a minute. <laughs> I have not heard... I've heard many quotes over the years, and I... I it's love... a proverb. That's a Greek, I think, Greek or Polish proverb. Not my circus, not my monkeys. Uh, not my circus, <laughs> not my monkeys. I will remember that. I, I've taken... I'm getting more from this than you're getting from this, my friend. So, so if, if I'm good. getting something from this, I hope the 185,000 people listening in 55 countries countries will get a lot from this i'm sure they will present thank you keep that's going <laughs> so, so you can't change toxic people yeah so make your and and that's the that that's the same philosophy that uh a, what do you say a brave person uh like wins the battle a wise person avoids it uh, or something like that i think it goes but my way of life has been is that if i find myself in a uh, situation where the other person is determined to pick the fight I will just avoid it and make my way around it. I'm too busy to just fight every battle I'm invited to. So I, I got two bigger uh, things to like, you know, uh, worry and achieve uh, and the positivity that I want to stick to. So I, uh, if it is if it is a peer or if it is a like, you know, person that I, I am dealing with or anything, uh, I would just try to make my way around it, ignore that and just go forward. Uh, if it is a person within my boundary, obviously, which is as a leader, you will always find one employee that is you know, determined to just make everyone feel like this is the worst place. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, I will take the ownership because as a leader, you are not only responsible for people performing, but also avoiding the obstacle and the toxicity in the team. And I would uh, like, again, I would not, um, I, I have never uh, asked a person that, okay, sorry, I can't, uh, I won't reward you for what you have done. I will reward them, but then I'll cut the ties. I'll say, look, thank you for all your work. Here's your remuneration so far, but it doesn't work. Let's let's part ways because I don't I don't think we have same philosophy in life. Uh, I want learners in my team. I want people who want to grow, uh, whether they grow with me or um, from in other other part, other businesses, other uh, companies. Uh, that is fine. Everyone has a journey, but I want people who are determined to grow and learn because that that builds the culture of learning, and I want to keep that. I love that. It's almost like. Uh you either grow with me or you grow away from me. And yes. uh, let me help you find your happiness somewhere else because somewhere else. It's, it's not here. It's not here. This is not, this is not working for you and it's not working for me. I, I think uh, time and again, one old CEO said to me once when I had a problem with someone who was toxic in my team, what is it you know about them now that you'll find out in 12 months time if you delay? I say, it's, it's yes. not working. They, they'll never, they'll never succeed here. It's, they're too toxic he said well why are you waiting 12 months exactly yes. make the decision now have the courage help them find their happiness elsewhere and grow somewhere else it's not with you you've got to have a team that you fully trust trust is and True. psychological safety too you've and, got to and have vice versa and, and vice they versa got to, they got to trust in, you yeah they got to trust in your leadership and then your ways because uh, as a team Yes, everybody has their own unique style, but as a team, we have to agree to one style and follow together. Like, yes, my I have my own creativity, but if I see myself in a 10 different teams, I work differently in each team because I want to follow what that team is doing and everybody has a common 
practice and understanding and a goal that they are achieving. So I, I might be stepping in a, as a developer and working as a developer versus I might be stepping in as a leader and working as a leader. So yeah. I, it's a different place and I have to redefine myself for that particular cause. Really good. Love it. Um, there's, there's such a lot of wisdom that you've accumulated in your in your 38 years, almost 39 years. Um, I, I really, I think you're an old soul in a young body. <laughs> Thank um, you. So congratulations. Um, we're almost at the end, uh, which is a shame because there's so much more we could have talked about. But um, would you share your favorite book on leadership and why you chose it? And then I'll take you into your top tip, your two minute top tip. So uh, my favorite book is Hard Thing About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. Uh, and it's, it's a business book that literally made me like, you know, it's my practical guide to go to so to say. Uh, I have, as you can see, I have learned a lot of philosophy, but how do you actually practice it? How do you go about uh, various problems you encounter in your business? Uh, and, and Ben uh, has described so many problems he has gone through. And he's not saying that this is the right way of doing that. He's, he's basically giving you examples saying, this is what I did and this is what happened. And you learn from it. So mm. you, you started a business with your cousin, you you grew up become a large company your cousin is still a small company minded you had to cut the ties how would you go about that conversation and, and that's good that's in, so good life yeah so uh things like that so it's my practical go-to guide i i i i remember reading it a long time ago i'm gonna get it as an audio but i've got about 10 audio books on the go at the moment um but i the, the hard yep. thing about hard things by ben horowitz i definitely will listen to again Great. Uh, Prashant, we're now at the, the final two-minute top tip. Would you be kind enough mm -hmm. to introduce yourself, say what you do, and then give us the two-minute top tip? We'll then finish recording and you and I'll have a chat. Sure. Uh, hi, I'm Prashant Gami, founder and managing director of Xenabler, a technology innovation company. Uh, my two-minute top tip is, in life, your journey won't be the same as what you intended. Keep going, trust in the process, you will get there. Don't give up on your goals. And if you reach your goal, find a new one because there's always more to explore. That's brilliant. Good, sound, wise advice. Thank you very much for being on the Inspiring Leadership Series. And, and also, I imagine it's late for you um, in Australia when you're very kind enough to be here my okay. morning, your evening. So thank you for that, sharing your wisdom. And good luck with X Enabler and your business. Thank you. So now you've heard from one of the inspiring leaders that I've interviewed, what are you going to do next? If you want to get some more free material, go to my website, jonathanperks.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Jonathan Bowman Perks. And there you can get access to my books, uh, Inspiring Leadership and Top Tips for Inspiring Leaders. But if you want to actually do something about being a leader and constantly improving your game, raising your performance, Get in touch with me about coaching you or one of your team that you want to raise the game for them. It's got to be people who want to be good to great, not people who you're trying to fire. And if you're looking for a motivational speaker, get in touch. Or if you want me to work with your team coach, I would be delighted to help you.